the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The big guy's doing a nice job. Yeah, 100 days in, and now we have long lines at the gas stations, something that we haven't seen since the, what, mid-70s, late-70s? People swarming all over the border in Texas and Arizona. No jobs being created, and the ones that... Uh, aren't uh, that are there are not being taken because the government is giving people money to stay home. And now Hamas is launching rockets into Israel. Remember the good old days when Donald Trump was president and gas prices were low, unemployment was low, there was peace in the Middle East. The rockets that Hamas uh, is sending into Israel are paid for by Iran, by the way, and the big guy is doing whatever he can to appease the Iranians. Uh, gas price, gas prices are going to go up even more now that the colonial pipeline has been hacked. Uh, maybe the big guy can expedite all those electric cars that he wants to see on the highway before he dies. And imagine the media, if all of this had happened under Donald Trump in his first 100 days, they would have all been saying what a disaster it was and we should have known better and blah, blah, blah. Uh, we were told that Trump was going to get us into a war, that he was going to kill the economy. Of course, the exact opposite happened there. And while the media were focused on uh, uh, Russia and Stormy Daniels, remember her? And don't forget inflation. Uh, the big guy keeps printing money, and your money buys less every day. But the big guy is wearing his mask or his masks every day as a great advertisement for not getting the vaccine while he's out there telling people to get vaccinated. Meanwhile, have you seen any long lines for gas around here lately? If you haven't, uh, you probably will. The Colonial Pipeline delivers most of its gas to the east, which means we will be seeing higher prices and longer lines, at least for a while. Well, when we come back after this break, I'm going to talk to an expert from Heartland Institute about what we should be expecting and what, uh, what the Colonial Pipeline is all about. And in our second half hour, something completely different, uh, a segment for you that will be perfect for you if if you've been thinking about becoming a Navy SEAL, something I still think about every now and then. We will have the author of a book called Hell Week and Beyond, The Making of a Navy SEAL. Stick around. seems like just yesterday when I captured my son's first steps or when we recorded his soccer games on VHS tapes. Those moments are gone. But the old home movies and pictures don't need to be. That's why my son created Legacy Box. That's right, Mom. Over 800,000 families have used Legacy Box to digitally preserve their home movies and photos. Simply fill Legacy Box with your old camcorder tapes, film, and photos. They will professionally digitize and send them back on DVDs, thumb drive, or the cloud. With family staying close and Mother's Day around the corner, it's the perfect time to get your legacy box and save your family's history. After all, few things are as important as protecting your precious memories. Give your mom a Mother's Day present she'll never forget. Plus, Legacy Box is offering a 50% discount. Order your Legacy Box today. Visit LegacyBox.com slash LBOX and for a limited time, get an incredible 50% off your order. This is one of the best discounts we've offered. That's LegacyBox.com slash LBOX for 50% off. LegacyBox.com slash LBOX it's finally time to replace that old leaky roof, or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows R Us offers 12 months, no interest financing, and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how'd you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding or roof replacement. That offers valid through 63021. 
All with 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsrustpittsburgh.com. That's windowsrustpittsburgh.com. Sounds and pounds of fur. Our hairballs have hairballs. Our cat mama, she's 10 years old. She has dandruff and an oily coat. I have two cats, Zippy and Daisy. Daisy sheds like crazy. If you love your pets as much as I do, you'll want to do what's best for them to live long, healthy, happy lives. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. I just tried this wonderful Catalicious Dynavite for cats, and my cat has been on it for two weeks. She is not scratching anymore. She's not chewing anymore. It is just the best. I was thrilled when I heard Dynavite for cats was coming out because I'd seen the changes in my dog. To introduce my cat to Dynavite, I took the advice from Dynavite and put their food on top of just a scoop in the bowl just to get them used to it because I know if I even switch one little thing, they put their nose up to it. There was not one problem. Dynavite for life. You won't believe how happy your cat will be. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. 2021's the perfect time to add a healthy new habit to your daily wellness routine. Good nasal hygiene. We all know there's bad stuff in the air, allergens, bacteria, viruses, and that some of it's very dangerous. So what can you do to protect yourself? Well, you can clean your nose with Navage. Your nose is the body's air filter, and with Navage, you help your body defend itself by flushing out the crud and germs. I'm Martin Hoke, and I invented Navage, the world's only nose cleaner with powered suction. Navage is easy to use, affordable, and it has over 40,000 online reviews averaging 4.7 stars. Join millions of Navage users to relieve congestion and allergies, breathe better, sleep deeper, snore less, and feel healthier without drugs. At Navage.com, CVS, Walgreens, Bed Bath, Target, and Rite Aid. You wash your hands and brush your teeth every day. Let 2021 be the year you start cleaning your nose with Navage. N-A-V-A-G-E. Clean nose, healthy life. Navage. It's totally normal to be constipated with belly pain, straining, and bloating again and again. No way. You could have a chronic condition called irritable bowel syndrome with constipation or IBSC. Linzess or linaclotide is a prescription that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives to help relieve belly pain and let you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than six, and it should not be given to children six to less than eight. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Talk to your doctor today. You may be able to save on Linzess and make fewer trips to the pharmacy. See if you're eligible to pay as little as $30 for 90 days. Visit Linzess.com or call 1-800-L-I-N-Z-E-S-S. Sponsored by Abbey and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Oh, we're having a little trouble getting a uh, hold of our guest. Uh, we're still working on that. See if that happens. Uh, meanwhile, uh, there's, there's a there's a piece here that um, that I saw today that uh, is uh, really amazing. And it, the, the the problem with it for translating it to radio, and I actually tried to get the uh, at the writer on the show, the writer of the piece, Nicholas Wade. Um, it comes from, uh, I guess it's from his website. Yeah, Nicholas Wade dot, at, at Medium, uh, nicholaswade.medium.com. And uh, he's got a really long piece here about the origin of COVID-19. And it's, uh, it, it, it's up on my Twitter feed, at Stagger World, if you want to check it out there. But... Um, it uh, really raises questions about uh, the origin of it being in China, Wuhan, the, the, the lab there. And uh, what makes it hard to translate to radio is that it gets really into detail about viruses and the science involved. And uh, it gave me a headache reading that part of it because it, it's really a, some complicated stuff. But if you... If you check the thing out at Nicholas Wade, uh, N-I-C-H-O-L-A-S Wade dot medium dot com and take the time to read it, uh, you'll really uh, be glad you did. Um, and you you can get through the stuff on the virus. It's uh, I mean, I went to four colleges in six years and never graduated. And um, I I was <laughs> I was 
I was a telecommunications major because I don't do science and math very well. So uh, when I did go to finally get to college, uh, <clears throat> but um, but uh, I, I did save some of the stuff that's in here. And, and what the, the stuff that's most interesting to me is uh, he, he's trying to he's he's he says the origin of COVID following the clues. Did people or nature open Pandora's box at Wuhan? Now, there are people out there who are saying it just happened naturally and it came from bats and all that. And I can't even begin to get into the the science part of it, but um, I, I can read some of the stuff from here because it's uh, it's really good, and I'll, I'll make sure I get to the uh, to the key stuff here. But uh, he says so. It's worth trying to ass- assess responsibility for the pandemic, at least in a provisional way, because the paramount goal remains to prevent another one. Even those who aren't persuaded that lab escape is the most likely origin of the SARS two virus—that's COVID nineteen may see reason for concern about the present state of regulation governing gain-of-function research. Now, there's a um, <clears throat> there's an exchange uh, in uh, Congress today, I think it was today, hearings today, <clears throat> where uh, Rand Paul really uh, went after uh, Dr. Fauci about this gain-of-function experiments um, and uh, whether that was a good idea, and they are dangerous, and it's about... I think what it is from what I got out of it, it's about transferring a virus from an animal to a human and doing it purposely just to see if you can do it. And then the, whatever research they do based on that, as far as uh, preventing uh, certain uh, viruses from spreading and creating a vaccine. Anyway, it's called gain of function. Uh, but it says there are two levels, uh, obvious levels of responsibility. The first for allowing virologists to perform gain-of-function experiments. Now, he's saying that the reason this should be regulated because it's really dangerous, offering minimal gain and vast risk. And second, if indeed SARS-2 was generated in a lab for allowing the virus to escape and unleash a worldwide pandemic. And he says, uh, in the case that SARS-2, if the case that SARS-2 originated in the lab is so substantial, uh, and he does show that it, there is a very uh, strong evidence that it did um, originate in a lab, why isn't this more widely known? And he says, as may now be obvious, there are many people who have reason not to talk about it. And this is what's important. They don't want, they, anytime anybody brings this up that it started in a lab and, you know, when Donald Trump was calling it the Wuhan virus and the China virus, he was called a racist and, and somebody asked him in a, uh, Cecilia Vega, I think it was, maybe C, asked him why he kept referring to it as the China virus and he said, because it originated in China. China. So you may probably remember seeing that sound bite. Uh, but anyway, it says, if the case that SARS-2 originated in the lab is so substantial, why isn't this more widely known? As may now be obvious, there are many people who have reason not to talk about it. The list is led, of course, by the Chinese authorities. They, the China doesn't want anybody to know about this because they may have done it on purpose. But virologists in the United States and Europe have no great interest in igniting a public debate about the gain-of-function experiments that their community has been pursuing for years. So what he's saying is that these virologists, guys like uh, uh, Dr. Fauci, have been pushing gain-of-function uh, and then, uh, by the way, in, in uh, the hearing today, um, uh, Fauci strongly disagreed with Rand Paul and said that they were not involved in gain of function. But as this story points out, there was a loophole in the, uh, in the parameters for doing this that allowed them to do um, what, what is called uh, the, the thing about the function um, – this chain of function, the gain of function, I should say, they allowed them to do that because of a loophole, and that's what they did. And so that's how Fauci is be, is able to deny that it was officially gain of function. Uh, and this is very important. The gain of function part is what made it very risky and what may have resulted in it spreading. But he says that the virologists in the United States and Europe have no great interest in igniting a public debate about the gain of function experiments that their community has been pursuing for years. They don't want it out there that that's what they were doing. They don't want to be blamed for it. Nor have other scientists stepped forward to raise the issue. Government research funds are distributed on the advice of committees of scientific experts drawn from universities. 
Anyone who rocks the boat by raising awkward political issues runs the risk that their grant will not be renewed and their research career will be ended. How about that? So you don't want to you don't want to disagree or you don't want to agree with anybody who's who's um, who's claiming that this uh, this did start in a virus. Uh, not if they're not if the virologists are, are downplaying that and trying to sell the fact that it happened naturally. He goes on to write, maybe good behavior is rewarded with the many perks that slosh around the distribution system. And if you thought that Dr. Anderson and Dr. Drazak might have blotted their reputation for scientific objectivity after their uh, partisan attacks on the lab escape scenario, that these two doctors that he refers to, they, they were, uh, came out right away and said it was hogwash and baloney. Anybody claiming that it was a, um, that it was a, uh, uh, that it originated in the in the lab in Wuhan. It's all just uh, BS. Um, but these guys, uh, Dr. Anderson and Dr. Dazik, they were involved in the actual study. Uh, and so they obviously are going to uh, get their backs up when somebody says that it was, uh, that the, the COVID-19 came from a lab. So he's, that's what he's referring to. This Dr. Anderson and Dr. Drazak might have blotted their reputation for scientific obje- objectivity after their partisan attacks on the lab escape. Look at the second and third names on this list of recipients of an $82 million grant announced by the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases in August 2020. The two names are Drazak and Anderson. Uh, and $82 million. The U.S. government shares a strange common interest with the Chinese authorities Neither is keen on drawing drawing attention to the fact that Dr. Xi's coronavirus work, that's a Chinese doctor uh, who did was doing this um, this uh, work in the lab, and her work was funded by the U.S. National Institutes of Health. Fauci denied that today uh, to, to Rand Paul, but Rand Paul wouldn't let him get away with it. One can imagine the behind-the-scenes conversation in which the Chinese government says, uh, Quote, if this research was so dangerous, why did you fund it and on your territory, too? To which the U.S. side might reply, looks like it was you who let it escape. But do we really need to have this discussion in public? Dr. Fauci is a longtime public servant who served with integrity under President Trump and has resumed leadership in the Biden administration in handling the COVID epidemic. Congress, no doubt, understandably, may have little appetite for hauling him over the coals for the apparent lapse of judgment in funding gain-of-function research in Wuhan. To these uh, walls of silence must be added that of the mainstream media. This is, uh, this is uh, Nicholas Wade talking. Again, the media, anytime someone uh, suggests, including President Trump, that uh, China's responsible for this or that it started in a lab, uh, the media immediately sh- uh, shouts it down, shoots it down, and says it's a conspiracy theory. But th- he says, this is Nicholas Wade, uh, by the way, who's a, a science writer for the New York Times. He's very, very much a uh, respected guy and uh, a very credible guy and a guy who should be listened to. And if you read this whole piece and saw what he's writing about viruses and how much he knows about them, you know that he's not messing around. But he says, to my knowledge... No major newspaper or television network has yet provided readers with an in-depth news story of the lab escape scenario, such as the one you've just read. Although some have, uh, he's talking about the piece that he wrote. He says nobody has uh, done an in-depth story like the one that he just did. Uh, Although some have run brief editorials or opinion pieces, one might think that any plausible origin of a virus that has killed 3 million people would merit a serious investigation. You think so? Three million people and all the screaming and yelling and the hysteria and everything about this. And, and, and then combining that with a lack of interest on the part of the media to find out where it came from, who's responsible for it. Or that the wisdom of continuing gain-of-function research, there's gain-of-function again, regardless of the virus's origin, would be worth some probing. Or that the funding of gain-of-function research by the NIH and NIAID, uh, those, are, those are Dr. Fauci's people, during a moratorium on such funding would bear investigation. What accounts for the media's apparent lack of curiosity? Well, he answers that question. The virologist omerta is one reason. 
Science reporters, unlike political reporters, have little innate skepticism of their sources' motives. Most see their role largely as purveying the wisdom of scientists as the unwashed masses. So when the sources won't help, these journalists are at a loss. They can't. You can't argue with a scientist. They, they're a scientist. You're not. How am I going to argue with a with a scientist telling me something about a virus? I, I couldn't pass general science in the ninth grade. But this guy's a scientist. This uh, the guy who wrote this. Um, and he's he knows what he's talking about, and, and he's credible. He's recognized as such. His name is Nicholas Wade. Another reason, perhaps, is the this is another uh, uh, theory put out there by uh, Nicholas Wade. Another reason, perhaps, is the migration of much of the media toward the left of the political spectrum. How about that? Because President Trump said the virus had escaped from a Wuhan lab, editors gave the idea little credence. You remember all that? They wouldn't. They 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 uh, challenged him at his press conferences. They ridiculed him. They laughed at him. <clears throat> then he goes on. They joined the virologists in regarding lab escape as a dismissible conspiracy theory. During the Trump administration, they had no trouble in rejecting the position of the intelligence services that lab escape could not be ruled out. Lab escape could not be ruled out. But when Avril Haines, President Biden's director of national intelligence, said the same thing, she too was largely ignored. Now, this is not to argue that editors should have endorsed the lab escape scenario, merely that they should have explored the possibility fully and fairly. They should have looked into it. You know what? Again, I say this all the time. Not because, not just because it's their responsibility uh, and the responsibility that they have to the viewers and readers and listeners that, that follow them, it's a great story. It's a story that, that anybody who's in, in, uh, in, the, uh, in the journalism profession sees a story like that and says, whoa, what's going on here? I'm gonna, boy, I want to be the person who breaks this story. We got, and, a, and a news director or editor or general manager or whoever would be, would be um, forcing their people his the the the, uh, the workers to to come up with a story. They'd be asking, why don't you guys have something on this? And then he goes on to say, people around the world who have been pretty much confined to their homes for the last year might like a better answer than their media are giving them. Perhaps one will emerge in time. After all, the more months pass without the natural emergence theory gaining a shred of supporting evidence the less plausible it may seem. Perhaps the international community of virologists will come to be seen as a false and self-interested guide. The common sense perception that a pandemic breaking out in Wuhan might have something to do with a Wuhan lab cooking up novel viruses of maximal danger in unsafe conditions could eventually displace the ideological insistence that whatever Trump said can't be true. In other words, if Trump said it, we disagree. Now, one of the things this guy pointed out in, in, um, in this story, and again, it's, it's complicated, and you can find it at nicholaswade.medium.com. Nicholas is spelled N-I-C-H-O-L-A-S, Wade, W-A-D-E, dot medium.com. He points out that there are, there are I, th- I think it was four levels. I don't have it right in front of me here because I, I, I uh, kind of broke this down, and the whole piece is just really long. But um, there, are, there are four, I believe it's four um, levels of safety that labs are supposed to um, follow uh, based on what they're doing. And when they're doing uh, what these guys were doing, gain-of-function research, uh, the, the, the safety level should be, I think it's level four. And they did all of this at level two. And Nicholas Wade, re, re, um, he, he describes level two as the same kind of the same level of safety that you find in the average dentist's office. That's what he said was going on in Wuhan. And remember, they're, they're, they were working with a virus that they knew was dangerous, that they knew that they were trying to um, make it so that it transferred to humans, and there were humans working on this in the lab. And as I said, with dentist office level um, safety precautions being taken, I mean, my my dentist is pretty safe. I, I think I'm, I feel like he knows what he's doing, but he's not he's not working with a virus that could kill millions of people. That's what happened, 
and they're denying it. And and the the big story here is that it started in China, and that it uh, was. Uh, a disease that was created and did not happen naturally, and the media and the Democrats have ignored it. And I'm, I apologize for my guests not showing up, but it did give me a chance to uh, to get into that. I think there's some really interesting stuff there. It really was interesting to me. Uh, but uh, when we come back, we're going to go completely different gear. We're going to talk about something not related to COVID or politics or anything. It's about Navy SEALs and what happens when you try to become one. Stick around. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Operators of the pipeline hit by cyber attackers hope most service will be back by the weekend. Officials stress so far the fuel supply has not experienced widespread disruptions, and President Biden is directing federal agencies to bring their resources to bear. He's also prepared to take additional steps. The attack underscores how vulnerable the nation's energy sector and other infrastructure are. My administration will be pursuing a global effort of ransomware attacks by transnational criminals who often use global money laundering networks to carry them out. Biden also says he'll speak with Russian President Putin about dark side. The hackers responsible for the ransomware attack are based there. I'm Julie Walker. Tel Aviv under fire from a barrage of rockets launched from the Gaza Strip. Israel's anti-rocket defense system has been activated. This is SRN News. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy! Dr. Sebastian Gorka explains his support for police. Don't talk to me about the odd bad apple. I couldn't care less. The odd bad apple will be caught and will pay the price. But to those who say defund the police or that police are racists, you are the racists. America First with Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Afternoons at 3, right before John Steigerwald at 5 on AM 1250. The answer. Stephen Diaz is the conservative choice for magistrate in Mount Lebanon and Dormont this primary election May 18th. Stephen Diaz is the most qualified and best candidate for magistrate as an experienced lawyer and educator serving the legal community for over 40 years. Stephen Diaz was appointed by President Ronald Reagan and later served under President George H. Bush. Stephen Diaz wants to bring that conservative voice back to Allegheny County. Vote next Tuesday, May 18th, and bring the conservative voice back to Pittsburgh. Vote for Stephen Diaz for magistrate next Tuesday. Paid for by friends of Stephen A. Diaz. I'm Stephen A. Diaz. Yes, and I approve this message. The world has changed a lot over this past year. If you are turning 65 or currently on Medicare, Assurance can help you get confidence in knowing you have the health care coverage you need. Chat with a licensed insurance agent for a free no-obligation Medicare Advantage plan consultation with Assurance at 1-833-381-1599. That's 1-833-381-1599 or assurance.com slash radio. Together, Assurance can help recommend a Medicare Advantage plan that's right for you. Tell me why Relief Factor is so successful in lowering or eliminating pain. I'm often asked that question. Pete and Seth Talbot, the father and son founders of Relief Factor, tell me they believe our bodies were designed to heal. The doctors who formulated Relief Factor selected the four best ingredients, 100% drug-free ingredients that each help your body deal with inflammation. Order the three-week quick start now. Discount it to only $19.95 to see if it will work for you too. Call 800-500-8384. ReliefFactor.com. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. W223CS Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. 
Still seeing plenty of delays out there. Parkway West continues to be pretty solid inbound. Carnegie to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. On the Parkway East, your delays are especially inbound. Approaching the Squirrel Hill Tunnel, 2nd Avenue to the Fort Pitt Bridge with the usual volume there. Outbound on 51, slowing down Nobles Lane to Library Road. Grant Avenue in Etnitz under construction. Single line of alternating traffic between Crescent Street and Mount Royal Boulevard. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. Tonight we'll see partly cloudy skies, temperatures approaching near record lows. We'll see freezing temperatures in the normally colder spots and a low of 36. For tomorrow, sunshine followed by a few clouds and a high of 59. Tomorrow night, patchy clouds and chilly. There can be frost in the normally colder spots, low 37. Thursday, mostly sunny skies with a high of 63. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Warning, listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, speaking of toxic masculinity, so you say you'd like to be a Navy SEAL. I'm a little past my prime, and I'm no longer a candidate, but uh, if you know a young guy who thinks he's a good candidate, make sure he reads Scott McEwen's book, Hell Week and Beyond, The Making of a Navy SEAL. Scott joins us now. Scott, thanks for being here. How are you? I'm good, thank you, and uh, great lead-in for the topic. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we wouldn't want to have a toxic masculinity among the Navy SEALs. We want to make sure they're, you know, you soften them up a little bit. But, um, yeah, that's it. Uh, let, let's start with what you say uh, uh, guys who make it have in common, and that's humor. And I thought that was interesting. Why is it that... For all the stuff that they have to go through, humor is the best. Well, I think uh, I think one of the things that people don't realize with Navy SEALs and maybe stereotypically, you know, the average person looks and sees a you know six foot five, two hundred and fifty pound guy that bench presses four hundred pounds, and yeah. which is not atypical. I mean, I, you know, that that does exist, but. You know, the range will go from from 6'5 to 5'5 to 5'4, 135, 140 pounds, and every bit as lethal as that guy that's larger because, you know, they don't only, they don't only deal in mass. They deal in, you know, in use of, of, of many resources to get the job done. And so, you know, but I think one of the things that these guys really have in common is the fact that they're very intelligent and you don't get through this program and know how to operate systems ranging from, you know, satellite communications to, you know, to uh, picking locks, stealing cars, blowing things up, all the all the skill set that they expect of a Navy SEAL. And, you know, I find most of them are very intelligent guys as well as uh, got a real good sense of humor. And, uh, you know, it's kind of interesting when you think about this type of profession that you would need that. But by the same token, when you're a force multiplier and you've got you know, battles going on around you and everybody thing, everybody, you know, your group or whatever group you're working with may want to give up or not give up, but uh, have doubts in their minds. It's always good to crack a joke because people look at you and think, God, if that guy can crack a joke in this situation, he must be pretty well, well, well versed in what we're doing. So it's kind of gallows humor. You almost have to have it, right? You do. You really do. And, uh, and, you know, and I find that a lot of these guys are, or, you know, can make a joke out of things. Some of the worst wartime stories I've ever heard with Chris Kyle and American Sniper. Chris could say with his, you know, could, could really, you know, come up with something humorous about it, if nothing else, to break the ice. Yeah, um, and we should mention you are the author of American Sniper also, um, which is a great uh, book and a great story. Um, uh, I was going to ask you later on about physical requirements, uh, height and weight. I'm 5'6". I'm and when I was younger and young enough to to become a Navy SEAL, I had a lot of tough friends who did my heavy work for me. I would hide behind them. I didn't I didn't think I was big enough to be a Navy SEAL, but I'm surprised to hear you say that there are guys that small that are able to do it. Dude, I know guys that are you know even smaller than that that do it, and uh, it's amazing because. Uh, you know, the physical attributes of it are important, but uh, there's a job for every every body style and everything else amongst this group of uh, special warriors and special operators. And uh, really the thing that defines them is the six inches between their ears. That's really what that attitude that I'm never going to quit. 
that's what I find and I write about in Hell Week as well is the fact that what they really do all have in common is that attitude that, you know, look, it doesn't matter what you throw at me, what hell you throw at me, I'm never going to quit. So you're either going to you know, carry me out of here alive or dead, but I'm not going to quit before this is done. Uh, we're talking to Scott McEwen, and his book is Hell Week and Beyond the Making of a Navy SEAL. So it takes 18 months, Scott, to become a SEAL. Where, where is Hell Week in those 18 months? Is it the first week, the last week, the middle week? When is it? They front load it at the end of the first month. Uh, the end of the first month leading up to Hell Week, they, you know, they physically put these guys through a huge amount of stress. But then Hell Week starts and you don't sleep for basically a week. Uh, they give you two hours of sleep in a week because they find that the braid starts to degrade if you don't let people have sleep like on, you know, within that for two hours. And uh, they deep freeze you, they everything else, but they, they front load it towards the beginning of the training. And there's a reason for that. And that is, you know, they want to know if you have the right stuff to make it through Hell Week, mm-hmm. which 50 to 70% drop out by the end of Hell Week. Uh, because by the end of SEAL qualified training, 18 months, you and me, United States taxpayers, will have invested between a million and a million and a half dollars, not including equipment and every man, just to train them up to become Navy SEALs. Can I say that again now? A million and a half in each candidate, or become the yeah, one that becomes not, a SEAL? Yeah, not including not including equipment. That's just in training costs. Wow. Oh. And um, so, what are some of the things that happen in Hell Week? Well, I think Hell Week is, you know, we've seen parts of it. There was parts of it in the movie in American Sniper, you know, that were put in the mud flats in Tijuana, uh, the freezing mud, if you will, that they douse these guys in and make them stand for, you know, up to the point of hypothermia, uh, running, uh, you know, with boats and logs uh, uh, on your head and being carried for hours on end, miles on end, essentially physical and, and mental torture. I mean, there's no other way to put it. It's the most difficult training, I believe, in any military anywhere on the face of the planet. And I think most guys that know would agree with me. And, uh, uh, you know, and then uh, the hypothermic part of it is possibly the most difficult. Basically, immerse yourself into, you know, the Pacific Ocean, as well as other places until you're so cold that it's difficult to mentally and physically you know, think because of hypothermia, but they're, they're very, very well, uh, if you will, medically looked after during this week. So they, although they push you to the edge, they make sure they have the right facilities and, and corpsmen there to, to keep you off the step and over the edge. Well, now, if, if you're uh, training to make a, a team, you know, in, in football or basketball, maybe football is the best uh, example because of the, you know, the nature of the sport. Uh, you kind of know what you need to do to train for it, and you, you, you at least can get in your mind the idea that you're ready because you know what is coming. Uh, you've played football, and you, you know what's going to be expected of you. But how do, you, how do you train for something like this? I mean, where you know, do you get I'm the time to train? Yeah, physically, you know, I try to explain to people, that, you know, some of the parts of the training, and they have courses out there. That, the United States Navy is very straightforward on what they expect of you, you know, minimum requirement for you to be physically, if you will, set to start the training. But I think what's almost impossible for anyone to prepare for mentally is the aspects of lack of sleep, the aspects of hypothermia, the aspects of, of, of the more difficult training, if you will, regimens that they do, as well as the mental, if you will, uh, part of it, because, Essentially, you have instructors that are trying to get you to quit. They have the bell there. The bell is meant to be rung. When you ring the bell, you drop on request, and the bell is with you constantly during runs. It's on the back of the pickup truck, in the workout areas, next to the ocean while you're freezing to death or, should say, hypothermia exercises, etc. So they want you to ring the bell, and, and, and the instructors basically taunt you to ring the bell because the bell is what gets you out of the program. But if you do ring the bell, you're out, and you can never come back. And so you say it's a 50% dropout in the, in, during Hell Week. Um, what, what, how many guys make it through without ringing the bell? Out of a, you know, what percentage of guys make it? 
through the month, first month of, of SQT, of SEAL Qualified Training, the first month, which includes the last week would be Hell Week, you're going to lose between 70 and, and sometimes upwards of 75% of the class just right there. Uh, and so they, they, they want to lose that, that group, as I said early on. Once you get through Hell Week and you move on beyond that to the rest of SEAL Qualified Tech Training, you got a 90% chance of making it through. In other words, 9 out of 10 of the guys that actually survived the first month will make it through the next 17 months. So it's designed that they, they, they weed out the, the guys who are not Navy SEAL material quickly so that you don't – I don't, I don't want to diminish it to the point to say waste your time on it, but you know what I mean. They, they, they can focus yeah, on sure. the people who are going to make it. Exactly. It's time and money. I mean, let's face it, you know, it's a, you know, the United States military is, 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 you know, is funded. So, you know, it's, it's a situation where they, they, they want us focus on the men that are, they believe have the best chance of making it through the rest of the training. And, uh, you know, and, and, and strangely enough, the rest of the training after that is really where you have more casualties, um, because it becomes ever more dangerous as you move through the rest of SEAL qualified training, jumping out of airplanes, uh, you know, diving at night with Draeger suits and, 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 you know, and, 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 and scuba gear, uh, you know, explosives, weapon systems, uh, you name it. All the things that make a SEAL a SEAL is really what they get into after this first month. We're talking to Scott McHugh, and his book is Hell Week and Beyond, The Making of a Navy SEAL. It sounds really interesting. I, I, uh, um, I, I'm just wondering how many people, how many guys are in a group of trainees that starts out? What, what's a, what's a, what would be a normal size of a group to start? He would say somewhere around 200 people plus or minus oh, would be many. the start. Yeah, and by the end, you're going you're gonna to graduate 30 or less. Wow. Now, um, is there? I'm, I'm sure you've spoken to in the book. You, you've spoke. Uh, I'm guessing you spoke. I wasn't able to read the book. I just found out about it the other day. But um, you, um, you have spoken to, to guys who did not make it. Uh, what's it like for them to get, get to go through it for a certain length, length of time and put up with what they had to put up with? which would be just killer stuff, and then not make it. And, you know, at some point say, I, I can't do this. It's got to be a tough thing to do. I think it's a very di- difficult thing to do, and I think that those guys, you know, some move on and have good careers in the military because you're obviously still in the Navy, and the Navy doesn't yeah. make any bones about it that if you don't make it through the SEAL team trading, you, you must serve out your, you know, your enlistment, you know, in the Navy as, as required. But, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things... And it's not easy, and I think some of them still look back upon it and think, think, you know, you know, obviously with some degree of of, of hesitation or whatever you might call it. But by the same token, you know, I mean, uh, many of us didn't make it, you know, on varsity in football, or many of us didn't make it on this or that. But there was a point in time in America when not everybody got a trophy, and and I think that yeah. it's important to note that to keep the tip of the spear as sharp as what it is. Um, you know, you got to, not everybody can have a trophy and there has to be those that make it and those that don't. And I think that this is one of the few aspects of, of, of life, I guess, or military life where they flat out don't, don't lower the standard. And I, I, for one, respect them for that. Is there one drill or exercise that, uh, ends up being the deal breaker for most guys who do quit? Is it the, is it the therm, uh, the, the cold water? Is that, is that what gets them mostly? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, and you see, you know, one of the things I've kind of looked at because I've known hundreds of SEALs now is kind of the demographics or I should say the area of, of, of the United States, the geographics of where they're from. And you find that a lot of the SEALs, you know, are from northern climates, Pennsylvania, Montana, you know, Ohio, Oregon, you know, climates that are that are that are a little bit colder. You know, I find a lot more guys and maybe it's just you know, random, I don't know, but it seems like there's a lot more guys that are from colder areas that are kind of more used to that cold weather, if you will, that, that freezing, maybe in their growing up areas. I'm not sure, but it, it seems that way when you look at it. Can anybody who's in the Navy uh, raise their hand and say, excuse me, I'd like to become a Navy SEAL, and will they, will they take you seriously, or, do you, or are you recruited? No, they uh, they will do it. Uh, they will uh, they will allow you to do it. And you know, the Navy 
obviously uses because the seals are now much more known, if you will, after some projects, including, you know, American Sniper, et cetera, and Lone Survivor, but um, they are known, more known now. And I don't think the Navy uses it as a recruiting tool. I think they're very honest. Say, look, you know, you, you might come up and tell me you're going to be a SEAL and we'll allow you to, to do the SEAL qualifying, if you will, the, the, the physical part of it. If you can meet certain, certain minimum tests, you know, as far as running, uh, you know, whatever, you know, swimming, et cetera, we'll allow you to try to make it, you know, throughout the whole, if you will, Navy. But I don't think there's much illusion amongst that group of Navy as to how difficult it is because they know. And so you don't have that many candidates that really are not serious about it. I, I think they kind of show up and say, yeah, I want to make the team. And um, when, you, when you do become a SEAL, do, you, do they mostly work in small groups? Uh, you don't, do you ever have 100 Navy SEALs show up somewhere? Or is it usually a small group undercover and trying to do things as inconspicuously as possible? Yeah, exactly. I mean, they do their workups for the SEALs in, at a platoon level. And so you will work up with a platoon of guys, which is, you know, an average of, you know, 13 to 15 guys, you know, generally, or plus or minus some, but, you know, you're not going to have large groups of SEALs because that's not the way they're organized to operate. They're not organized to operate in, you know, groups of hundreds at all, you know, like say, for example, the army Rangers or other groups we know of like that. That's really not what they're, they're, they're given certain tasks, and certain things to do, you know, for example, kill Osama bin Laden, that's your job. And it's not going to take, you know, you couldn't do it with a hundred guys. You have to do it with 15 because the bottom line is, you know, that's the number, those smaller numbers allow you to insert and extract and get your job done, whatever that job is. And, you know, jobs like the Osama bin Laden job, I think people must realize happen more often than what we know. Mm-hmm. Uh, finishing up here with Scott McEwen. His book is Hell Week and Beyond the Making of a Navy SEAL. Any women involved? Well, there is no women that have ever become Navy SEALs. Uh, and, uh, you know, still? there's a lot. Yeah, I'm sorry. Are they trying still? I'm sure that, you know, given our militaries, if you will, push to become more PC in general, uh, yeah. that those movements haven't been out there. We've heard about them, things of that nature. But uh, to this point in time, the command at Naval Special Warfare has not lowered the standards to uh, to say that we're going to we're gonna do it. And let me tell you something, you know, at the risk of sounding sexist, which I'm not trying to be, uh, you know, there are no NFL players and there, that are women, and there are no, you know, players in a lot of, if you will, the more difficult right. professional right. sports that are women. You know, because there's a reason. And uh, if you take NFL and you multiply it by 100 and raise the danger level by 1,000 and uh, all the other uh, other things that go on, then, then you'll have Navy SEALs. So, well, you know, uh, it, it, there have never been women Navy SEALs. I'm out of time, Scott, but I, I, I'm, I guess uh, survival of the fittest is kind of, that's the epitome of that in the Navy SEALs. That's how it works. Yeah, it's the tip, no it's, it's the tip of the spear. It's the tip of the spear, and that's what this book is about. Thank you very much for having me on, and you know, and uh, it really kind of tries to explain exactly what it is that makes that, you know, such a very valuable part of our United States military. Thanks, Scott. Thanks for being here, it's Scott McEwen. It's Hell Week and Beyond: The Making of a Navy Seal. We'll be right back. I have two dogs, Sam and Bailey. Both are golden retrievers. Poor Sam, he was a mess. Always itching, his paws were soaking wet all day from just constant licking. He had bald spots on his back. I just don't like putting shots and steroids into your dog all the time. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Dynavite is nutrition. Probably two weeks after he started Dynavite, I started seeing great improvements. And today, 99% of his issues are non-existent. It's amazing stuff. Since Bailey has been 12 weeks old, he's been a Dynavite dog. And he has zero issues today. He won't eat his food without Dynavite. When I get out the Dynavite, my dogs actually salivate. Like I'm getting them a They drool over it. Dynavite is the best thing you can do for your dog. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. I get my Dynavite from D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. 
Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm excited to announce my new product, My Slippers. They took me over two years to develop because I didn't want just an ordinary slipper. My Slippers are meant to be worn all day long, no matter what you're doing, whether you're inside or outside. My Slippers come with an exclusive three-tier cushioning system that you won't find in any other slipper. It combines two layers of foam, including my proprietary My Pillow foam and a patented impact gel made from U.S. soybeans. My three-tier cushioning system is going to help relieve pressure points, provide that micro support you need for all day comfort and help prevent fatigue. Not only that, my slippers are made with high quality leather and a premium indoor outdoor sole that make them extremely durable. I personally guarantee they're going to be the most comfortable slippers you'll ever own. This is John Steigerwald. Visit MyPillow.com for deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the new My Slippers. Click the radio listener square and enter promo code STAG or call 800-716-8087. Remember, use that promo code STAG. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, I'm uh, kind of glad I uh, got, uh, very glad as a matter of fact, I got Scott McEwen on. Uh, something different there. I like, I, I just was thinking today, I don't, I don't, I'd like to do uh, more different stuff than I've been doing. I've kind of gotten into that, I, I don't know if I want to call it a rut, but I, you know, this, it's the COVID and Joe Biden and the stupidity that's going on in politics right now. And so I'm going to try to mix in some different stuff every now and then that uh, something you could run anytime. I, c- I could run that interview I just did with Scott McEwen anytime as a segment, and uh, I'd be happy with it just because I just it's an interesting story. And I don't I, I was asking questions uh, uh, and I don't know the answers to them. And I was interested in the answers because I, I, how often do I think about Navy SEAL? And I may, uh, I may take the time to read that book. It's called Hell Week and Beyond the Making of a Navy SEAL. I've always been really impressed by those guys. How can you not be? Um, and, um, so I'm glad I had them on. And, and one, one other thing, uh, I should point out that the, before we go here, that the governor has now raised uh, the level of what we're allowed to do, uh, to, I don't even I don't have it in front of me here. It's 25 percent now. I mean, it's uh, it's uh, 50 percent uh, indoors and 75 percent outdoors for sports for like Heinz Field be 75 percent. The uh, the Penguins will be able to put 9000 in. Meanwhile, story came out in The New York Times today that uh, a study the CDC is now saying that there is no case anywhere on the planet of anyone getting uh, infected with covid from a casual Uh, encounter outside. That's all you need to know. And I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. The John Staggerwald Show is a production of The Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.